standing. Take your Bibles tonight to Psalm number 37. Psalms number 37. We'll go to verse number 22, Psalm number 37. I'll begin reading verse number 22. Hope you had a good afternoon. And uh, thank the Lord for the day he's given us. I'm, I'm glad for Sundays, aren't you? We can come to church. It was good to have visitors this morning again and uh, pray for them. Uh, the young man is moving to Martinsburg just up the street here on Market Street. And uh, so you really pray. They were... Uh, him and his girlfriend, they were seeing his parents in Lebanon, I think he said, and uh, uh, she lives up in New York, and she was headed to New York, and, and, uh, but they wanted to uh, come to church. He looked on the Internet and found this church on the Internet, and so thank the Lord. I'm glad, you know, sometimes we wonder, but uh, there's, I'm glad that the, the opportunity is there to be advertised out there where they can find us and be able to come to church. And, uh, and then what was neat, too, uh, you're not too tired yet, are you standing? Okay. I got to stand the whole time, so I don't care. But uh, my wife went back and asked the, 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 the lady there and said, uh, you know, if you were to die, you know you go to heaven at the invitation. And, uh, you know, sometimes people don't like that, but, you know, that might be the only chance we get. And uh, so uh, she went back there and talked, asked her, and she said, yes, she knew she was saved. And I thought, well, praise the Lord. When we went out, when we were back there shaking hands, she'd come out and she said to my wife, she said, thank you for asking and uh, she said, I got saved at camp uh, when, uh, some years ago, and uh, thank the Lord. I'm glad when people are saved, and I'm glad when people are glad you asked them. I mean, that's a good sign you really are. You know, I wonder these people who are saying, yeah, I'm saved, leave me alone. I just wonder sometimes about that. All right, we're going to read now so you can sit down and take your nap before we go home. All righty. Look at verse number 22. I'll read verse 22, and we'll go down through verse 25. I'll read 22. You join me on 23. And so on through 25. For such as he blessed, be blessed of him shall inherit the earth. And they that be cursed of him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young and now am old. Yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. I like that. I'm glad God takes care of us when we're young and or when we're old. Amen. Uh, I said this morning, I think it might have been in Sunday school, you know, one, one blessing about being older is you have all those things to look back at what God's done for us. And uh, God's been good to every one of us. And tonight I want to speak to you on this from verse number 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and his delight is in his way. The title of my message is this, guided by God. Guided by God. And let's ask the Lord to help us. Father, Thank you once again for this time this evening that we can come to church, and Lord, as we have all these years, and Lord, it's something important to us. Uh, we didn't just so happen to come to church this evening. We on purpose decided to, and we had a desire to be here. We were not compelled by somebody else that we have to be here, and uh, even Lord, as being the pastor of the church, I don't feel the uh, the compelling that I have to be here, I want to be here. And I believe these folks join me in the same mindset that we want to be here tonight. And we need something from you. And I pray, help me as I bring the message. And Lord, that we might look to you for the guidance that we need. And Lord, again, if there be somebody not saved, save them tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. May be seated. You know, a lot of strange thinking in our world today, isn't there? Uh, our educational system is not educating our children, they're indoctrinating our children. 
and uh, all kinds of goofy stuff and crazy stuff. And, and uh, uh, you know, I, I read, read a story this afternoon, uh, I think it was before I came, I read the story of a man who was a, was a football coach, I think he was, and, and uh, some sport, I think it was football, and uh, he was telling his young people uh, about how that they need to, you know, uh, listen to authority, things like that. And he used a scripture verse that talked about uh, all different types of people, and even those were servants. And uh, he brought that up, and of course, he got in trouble for it and had to make an apology. I'm not too sure how strong his faith was that he had to apologize for quoting the scripture. Uh, but that's where we're at today. And uh, the thinking is crazy, and uh, we have all different kinds of ideas, but it all goes back to this. We must look and see what the Bible says. Amen. you got to look and see what does God's Word say, not what you think. And so tonight, the, what I, the subject I'm talking about is guided by God, and man has this idea. And again, our, our, our young people today are growing up with the strangest ideas. And, uh, but uh, man has the idea that his destiny is in his own hands. Uh, kids are being taught that today, too. Your destiny is in your own hands. Now, I, I, I believe, you know, I believe it's good for us to make plans and for us to decide some right things. But the truth of the matter is, our destiny is not in our hands, it's in God's hands. And God oftentimes takes us into areas where maybe we didn't plan to go. And uh, uh, we, we're, we're told oftentimes to to do whatever we think we should do. But sometimes I think the wrong things, don't you? You know, sometimes I don't always think the right way. I think I ought to do it this way, and, and then what happens, I, you know, I, I go and I, I, I go to cut a board off, and I look and I think, I think it ought to be this long, and I cut it off, it's too short. And so what I do, I go back, I cut it again, and you're not going to believe this, but it's still too short. Let that sink in. You got it, Mr. Bishop, didn't you? Yeah, all right. Because he's the one that always does that. And, uh, but uh, we, you know, we, we, we have this idea, we think, well, I'll do what I think I should do, but what I think I should do sometimes is not what I should do. And uh, so my, my, my thinking is not what, what I think, what I need to do is get to a place where I'm saying, God, what do you want? Uh, young people are blessed by having a, a good family, amen. I mean, it's a blessing, uh, you young fellows in the front row here. You've got a, you've got a lot going for you. You got a mom and dad that love you, and a mom and dad that make sure you're in church and and taught you right. And I thank the Lord for it. I I enjoy listening to these boys talk. Uh, I don't like looking at them, but I like listening to them talk. And uh, they 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 tell me about different things, and we talk about stuff. And and uh, even even the little guys this this evening were in my office there trying to teach me how to say the names of dinosaurs. Billy, I don't get it. I just don't, I can't say them. I don't know what they are. And I said, where'd you learn all this? He goes, well, they come with a card and their name on it. And it's like, well, I'm sorry I didn't know that. But, uh, you know, I enjoy talking with the, with the kids and that. And I, I, I enjoy, you know, that they, we, we talk about silly things sometimes too. But, you know, it, it's good when I see them there with their Bibles in their hands and, and uh, in their laps and they're listening and, and singing, and I, I notice this, and I stand here, I look over at them, and I see past Seth, and I, and I see the kids like that. And, and, and the reason those are things are happening is because they're being taught those things by moms and dads and grandparents. And uh, that's an important thing, and that's good. They're taught about things that they ought to do, and that's good. But here's the thing, we've got to go further than that. 
they have that going for them, but here's the thing. They've also got to come to the place of realizing, I've got to be guided by God. Now, God will use a parent. God will use a preacher and Sunday school teachers. But when it all comes down to it, and then, and then again, we have the idea, well, okay, I've got to make the right decisions. Yes, but we need to understand that God's in charge. And God's will is always what was best. My dad had the idea that with his business that he started from scratch and, and built up. And uh, he had the idea that he wanted one of us boys to take that business and uh, take it over for him. And, and I remember my dad, he was, he was wanting one of us to, to do that. But, uh, you know, the thing was, it was never in my mind to take my dad's business. It was a very lucrative business. I could have done, could have done well in it. He did well in it, but it was not. My dad was like this, son, you can do this. But my God said, my son, this is what I want you to do. Now, it would not have been wrong for me to, the kind of work that it was, was not an evil work. It was a good thing, but it had been wrong for me because I would not have done what God wanted me to do. And, and so I, I, I thought, you know, thank the Lord for good parents and good guidance that we get from other people, and we need to listen to it and listen to your boys, listen to your mom and dad and, and uh, girls too, you know, listen to mom and dad and, and pay attention, listen to the preacher. When it all comes down to it, what we all have to do, not only the kids but also adults too, is seek God's guidance. Let God guide us because he knows the right way. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps means when I think about it, I'm thinking every step. Every step's important. You know, it's, it's some, you ever heard that statement before? Watch out for that last, that last step's a doozy. Each step matters. You may have taken every step on that flight of steps fine, but that one last step could be the doozy, your downfall. The steps, every step is a step that's ordered by the Lord. In other words, what God wants in our life. Jeremiah told us this in Jeremiah 10, 23 and 24. He said, O Lord, I know the way that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. O Lord, correct me. But with judgment, not in thine anger, lest thou bring me to nothing. Well, I believe he's saying there that God is to be the one to direct us. Now, I believe, you know, again, I said people have the idea our destiny is in ourselves. In other words, I guess it comes down to it. it it's who I follow, and, and, and if I follow the wrong crowd, my destiny will be something bad. If I follow God, my destiny will be good. But it's not, my destiny is not upon what I think is best, but what God, how God directs. When, uh, when I was a sophomore in high school, I know I've told the story, but uh, when I was a sophomore in high school and uh, I went to the counselor's office, I was taking second year of Greek and I didn't take the first year, I took Greek, I'm Greek, uh, German, <laughs> but it was all Greek to me. And, uh, but I, I was taking German and I, I, I skipped a year to stay up with some other of my friends and that was in those days, you can just sign up for the class and I did and I was failing it. And uh, they asked me about it, and I said, uh, and my teacher said, didn't you learn anything in Greek one, or Greek one, uh, German one? I said, uh, I didn't take German one. I was in prep German. And uh, they said, well, you can't do German too. And so they sent me to the counselor's office. And the counselor was asking me, he said, what do you plan on doing? 
And my plan was this, I wanted to go to Bob Jones University. In those days, it was good. I don't think it's so good anymore. But uh, Bob Jones University, and I wanted to go there, wanted to take accounting, be an accountant. Uh, again, not anything wrong, something good. I had a hero in my life, was my uncle. And uh, I, I wanted to be like my Uncle Terry, and, and I wanted to be an accountant. And he got out of there and went to Chicago, made lots of money in Chicago with Price Waterhouse accounting firm. And uh, I thought, boy, that's what I want to do. Now, there was nothing wrong with that. Other than this, it wasn't God's will. But the man told me, the, the counselor told me this. He says, I don't think you are college material. And uh, tried to discourage me about thinking about going to college. And, but I still had my head. I wanted to be that accountant. But then here's the thing. You know, it really didn't matter what that man said, and it really didn't matter what I thought. Because later on, God called me to preach. When God called me to preach, I said goodbye to Bob Jones. And uh, then I was scared. I thought I was going to either, you could still go to Bob Jones and be a preacher or go to Tennessee Temple. At that time, it was only two that I had the option of. And thank the Lord, my pastor decided that year in 1972 to start Hiles Anderson College, and I was able to go to school. And I was so happy. You say, why are you so happy? Because my girlfriend still was in high school there. And uh, I, I, was, I was glad I was able to still go, go there. But here's the thing. When God called me to preach, I believe God was calling me to preach, but I had to come to a place where I let him guide me. Because I had my will was something that was not bad, but it was not what God wanted. And I, I, I thought, you know, well, then I used the excuse. I thought, well, if God wants me to preach, why, why that counselor told me that I'm not college material. But God was guiding. And I believe this. I believe whatever God guides in, he'll take us through that. I'm not saying how, how much that you, you uh, uh, how, how famous you'll be because you follow God's guidance. There's a lot of people that have served God and they've died and no one else knew about them. I believe in heaven they're rejoicing in the fact that they've let God guide their lives. And so I, I began to pray and ask God to help me know what direction. And I remember, I, and you've heard me say, I went to Dr. Billings in high school at, uh, at, the, at Hammond Baptist. And I went to him and I said, Doc, how do you know if God's calling you to preach? And he tried to guide me. But I had to come down to this. But I had to come to a place and say, God, what do you want in my life? It was the same thing about starting the church, you've heard me say, that there were people who said, we don't need another church in this area. There were people who said, no, you don't need to do it. And uh, there were people saying, yes, you should do it. And, and it came down to the place and saying, God, what do you want? I wanted God to guide my life. Now, all these years later, am I sad that I did that? No, I'm glad that I did that. But here's the thing, I need every day to ask God to guide my life every one of us you know we can we can we can be we can be someone right now doing well but we can fail tomorrow when we fail to seek his guidance in our life now i'm going to give you a few things here this evening it's not real deep or anything like this but i think it'll help us all i mean from the youngest to the oldest it'll help us to seek god's direction and I believe there's some reasons why I think we ought to be convinced, first of all, why we should seek God's direction. You say, preacher, why is it such a big deal? Well, let me give you a few things. Number one is this. We ought to seek God's direction because we know this, because God sees all things. I don't see all things, do you? And sometimes we're driving down the road, and I, some, my wife thinks sometimes I see all things. 
because I'll be driving down the road and I'll say to her, did you see that? She goes, no, I didn't see it. I'm driving and I saw it. I don't know why she's just sitting there and she didn't see it. But sometimes she didn't see it and sometimes she'll say to me, did you see that? And I said, no, I didn't see it. Sometimes I don't see things. Uh, my wife's niece has got the glaucoma and uh, we were praying about that this morning in our Sunday school and men's time downstairs. We prayed about that. And uh, she's got glaucoma and she's lost the peripheral vision. She can't see out the side that way. And uh, that's where we are. If I take my glasses off, I can see fuzzy stuff out there. And I'll have to say some of you look a lot better with my glasses off. And, uh, but I take my glasses off, I can't see so well. Uh, I, and there are things I cannot see. Uh, if you're, you know, when I stand right here, I can only see so far out the windows and now it's getting dark. I can't see very far. I can see the light shining off a car, but I can't see the mountain. I can't see things far out there right now. A lot of stuff I cannot see, but here's the thing. God sees everything. Amen. I'm glad I have a God like that. I'm glad my God is not in a box. He's not hanging on a cross in a Catholic church. I'm glad my God is alive. I'm glad the cross is empty. Amen. I'm thankful for the cross, but I, uh, uh, he's not on that, on that cross anymore. And I, I think, you know, that, that, that uh, our problem is this, that sometimes we just don't see anything. Uh, you heard anyone say this, they can't see past their nose. Huh? Yeah, they just can't see past their nose, and that's not very far. And, you know, that's the way sometimes we are. Why in the world will we try to direct our lives when we can't see very far? When we have a God in heaven that sees everything. God sees what we cannot see. And, 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 I, and I think, you know, sometimes we don't see things because we're not paying attention. But the truth of the matter is we're very limited on what we can see. But God is not limited on that. God sees everything. I think, you know, as a little child, I remember in Sunday school, the teacher would tell us, you know, uh, uh, be, careful little, uh, be careful little hands what you do. For the Father up above is looking down in love. Be careful little hands what you do. And we'd go over the whole body. And, and why? To try to get through to even little ones that God sees everything, and God does. Now, think about this. God sees, and we have the idea, well, God sees the bad things I do. Well, he sees that. He sees the good things you do, but God sees beyond today. He knows tomorrow. Isn't it great to know that? Because I think about it, when I think about it here, that, excuse me, we're here right now. What will be on the morrow? The Bible says in the book of James, chapter number 4, verse 14, Whereas ye know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanisheth away. You know, when we breathe in that cold air, you see that breath, and what happens vanish away. Time's really fast, but the thing is, what, what is your life? I, I, I don't know what it's going to be in the next few years. You, I don't know what all's going to happen tomorrow. I've got plans. I got plans of what I've got to do. I've got to get done tomorrow. You know, throughout the week, there's things I've got to get ready here for the, I start out for Wednesday night and Sunday school and then Sunday morning, Sunday night, and try to get everything, all my messages ready and everything else that's involved in the ministry. I have plans on it, but here's the thing. I can't see tomorrow. I have an idea of tomorrow, but I can't see tomorrow, yet God is already in tomorrow. That's hard to wrap your mind around, but that's how great God is, how big God is. God sees everything. I, 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 you know, and I, I think about, you know, people, they try to forecast the weather. You know, they get on, they get on the news there and they tell you oh, that tomorrow is going to, and you know what, now with all the radar they have, they get pretty good at it. But really when it all comes down to it, they're kind of guessing because the winds do whatever the winds want to do. Yet, you know what we used to do? We, we say this, well, this, we'll just wait and see. Well, they're calling for snow. Well, let's wait and see. They're calling for rain. Let's just wait and see. 
But you know what? When I, don't, I, I can't believe everything the, the weather forecaster says, but I can believe everything God says because God knows what tomorrow is. I mean, to think how great God is that he, he sees all things. So much so that he, the Bible even tells me that uh, Luke twelve seven, but even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more, than, more value than many sparrows. God knows how many hairs are on our head. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I just can't imagine that. I'll be honest with you, I have not tried counting the hair on my head. I just don't do it. Now, you can do that while I'm preaching. I'll give you something to do. Look at the person in front of you and count the hairs on their head. I know some of you won't have much of a job because of who you're, who's, never mind. But, uh, uh, you know, uh, you, you can count the hairs on, on your head. Think about this. God knows how many hairs are on our head. He sees everything. That's amazing. We cannot hide from him. God sees everything. Then why, if God could see everything, why wouldn't we let God guide our lives? Why would we say, I will choose what I'm going to do. I'm going to live my life the way I want to. You can't see hardly farther than your nose. You can only see maybe 100 yards, maybe at the most. But the thing is, God says, I see everything. Um, what's interesting, the Bible says that uh, uh, the eyes of God are so amazing. Listen to what it says in Second Chronicles 16.9. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth. I can only see a little bit here. I can't even see Martinsburg from here. God's eyes go to and fro, and he sees the whole earth. Isn't that amazing? Are you, are you really thrilled as your face says? I hope more so. When you stop and think, how wonderful that God sees everything. I don't know why. Why would it be? You know, we look at young people and say, young people, you ought, to, you ought to let God guide your life. Yes, but let me tell you something. Us adults need to do the same thing. Because God sees everything for the young person and for the adult. He sees all. When the sparrow hits the ground, God knows about it. It's so amazing. I don't think we can even comprehend that God sees everything at one time. You ever had, you ever been doing something and your child come up to you and say, Hey, Dad, look at this. Hey, Dad, let me show you this. And you know what you're doing? You can't do two things at one time usually. Let's say you're in there and you're, you're working, you're sawing a, 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 a board in half. And your kid comes up and says, hey, Daddy, look at this. You know what? You need to keep looking what you're doing. Or you're going to walk around like this, right? You have a finger missing. But you, you, and you say, all right, just a minute, just a minute. You can't do those two things. You can't say, all right, let me see. And they're doing there's all this stuff and you're just sawing that board. That's a dangerous thing to do. You can't do it. Usually what you have to do, you have to stop for one thing while something else is going on. You need to think about this tonight. God sees everything we're doing. He sees what I'm doing. He sees what you're doing. He sees what people are doing in China. I remember as a little kid, I, I stand in the back of the, uh, on the floor, on the, the hump, you know, on the floor, because all the cars were pretty much rear wheel, rear wheel drive. And you had the drive shaft come through it. I had a hump in the back. We used to stand on it. It was back in the good old days when kids could bounce off the walls and don't have to be tied down. Amen. Those were great. We got to get in the car. We could go and put our tongues on the window and our nose on the window. Nobody knew unless Dad knew, and then we were dead. And uh, but uh, we could we could we get in that car. And I remember I I still remember this standing on that hump. That was like the place where I stood. I'd stand on the hump and I'm leaning over the front seat. And uh, uh, I, I I used I used to do this too. I would say to my my dad, Dad, hold Mom's hand. 
I don't know. Wasn't I sweet? Come on. I said, Dad, hold Mom's hand. And my daddy would go, okay. And, and my mom would look at him and say, oh, Ed. And uh, they would hold hands and, uh, for a little bit there for me. And I'd be so happy seeing Mom and Dad holding hands. And, uh, and now I know it's not as thrilling as I thought it was. But, uh, no, it's, it's still thrilling, I think. I'm trying to think back when. But anyways, uh, but I, you know, I, I would sit there. But I remember saying this, standing up on the back in, in, the, in the floor, and I'd said, Mom, how can Jesus hear me pray? And I, and I always said China. I don't know why. And the kids in China, how can he hear us all pray at the same time? And my mom said this, I don't know, but he does. Amen. He sees everything. He sees everything. I'm glad he does. And then if he does, then why would we not let him guide our lives? But secondly, he knows everything. Hmm? Ah, the little boys in my office there, they didn't know what I was preaching. But they became one of my illustrations again. And Elijah looked at at, at Gage and said, do you know everything? And Gage looked back and said, yep. <laughs> and he said to Elijah, do you know everything? Elijah said, yep. <laughs> I'm glad they didn't ask me. But those two boys, so if you need to know anything, just ask them. I don't know if they can tell you anything more than the name of those crazy dinosaurs. But, uh, and, and they could tell it me any, and they could say it's a Rosh Hashanah. And I would believe it because I don't know what the real name is. But God knows everything. He really does. I used to think my mom and dad knew everything, especially when it came to Glenn. Glenn was my friend, and his dad was, he thought his dad was the best, and I thought my dad was the best. We would even say this. He would say, my dad makes more money than your dad. And I would say, no, my dad makes more money than your dad. Neither one of us knew how much money our dads made. My dad's smarter than your dad. No, my dad's smarter than your dad. And we always went on about that. We, would find, we were best friends, though. But we would brag about our dads. We loved our dads. But, and we would think, well, they know everything. But my, my dad didn't know everything. And Glenn's dad surely didn't, I'm sure. But my God knows everything. Amen. He knows everything. You know, it's a great verse, Romans eight twenty eight, And we know that all things work together for good that, to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. We know that verse, don't we? We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Think about it. How in the world could that be? You know, we all believe that verse, but have you ever had trouble with it? Come on, be honest. All things work together for good, and then all of a sudden a tragedy happens in our life. And we wonder, how in the world is that ever going to work out for good? But here's the thing. Why would God say that? Because God knows everything. God knows what you and I don't know. Isn't that wonderful? And why don't we let him guide us? If he sees everything and he knows everything, why would we not allow him to guide us? God knows how things will work out, even when, we, even when we cannot understand or even when we can't even imagine it working out. 
I've looked at things, I'm sure you have too, and you look at it and it seemed like such a mess, and how can this ever work out right? I use that illustration that my preacher said his mom doing embroidery work from underneath, it's all knots. Life looks that way sometimes, doesn't it? You look up and say, Lord, what's going on? And he says, I'm making a beautiful picture. And you say, no, it looks like knots. And my preacher's mom said, one of these days when I'm done, you'll sit up on my lap, you'll see from my point of view, and that happened. And when that time came, he, she picked him up and put, her, put him on her knee, and he looked and he saw a beautiful picture. A beautiful picture that didn't look very good from underneath. We sit here tonight and we look and we see some things in our life and it seems so difficult. But God knows, Romans 8, 28. He put it in the Bible because it's true, isn't it? He knows everything. It's sad, sometimes Christians, even lost people, figure out or figure if they don't understand why God is so, they, they, they have this problem of thinking God's so mean. I've heard people say this before. Why would God let this happen? And their idea was this, that God is mean. Do you understand something tonight? God's not mean. God just knows everything. I look and I say, that looks like that's terrible. That's not going to work out. God says, I know it will. I may not see it, but God knows. I'm glad he knows everything. Why wouldn't we want a God that sees everything and a God that knows everything guide us in our life? Many things we can't understand, many things we don't understand, and, and, and because our understanding is so limited, and yet my God's understanding is limitless. What a great God we have tonight. You know, we ought to be praising God for how good he is to us. And what a great God that we have tonight. I'm glad he's not a statue somewhere. I'm glad he's alive. I'm glad I can say tonight, I know my God knows what is best. There have been times in my life where sometimes I just kind of wondered, is, is what, how is this going to work out for good? But again, there's one of the benefits of being older. You could turn around and look and say, it was for good. There's some things right now I'm still waiting to figure out how it's going to turn out for good. But I believe this, I may see it now, but I may not see it till I get up there. Then I realize, you know what, I, but I already realize this, God knows everything. Even those things I don't understand, God knows. Sometimes we may understand now, sometimes we may have to wait till later on, but God sees all and God knows all. Let me give you the last thing tonight. Why should we let God guide our lives? Because God has all power. God has all power. 2 Peter 1.3 says, According as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Matthew 28.18 says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. You see, again, we think, well, my destiny is in my own hands. No, your destiny is in his hands. Let him guide you. We're the creation of God. We are not the creator. God made us. God created us. God knows everything about us. You know, I think about sometimes the scientists. They have a scientific breakthrough. But God already knew, didn't he? He already knew. And here's the thing about it. All the power of making those molecules 
in those cells. And all those things that take scientists years and years to figure out, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and he also created man, didn't he? He became a living soul. It's amazing things are able to do now for our human bodies because scientists have learned some things, but all along God has known everything. Man for the longest time thought that if they would just drain our blood from us that we would get better, but the Bible tells us that life is in the blood. It was always there. You know why? Because God knows everything. God sees everything, and all power is in God. A lot of powerful forces today, both human and demonic, that work against mankind, and especially those that are saved. But we need to understand something tonight. You say, preacher, you know the devil's really tough. Yes, he is. And preacher, you know the devil really fights, and yes, he does. But listen to this verse. 1 John 4, 4, ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Did you hear that? Isn't that good? Amen. I mean, he, he, he who is in me is greater than anything else. And I think about all the power of God that God could speak and the earth come into existence. They're talking now about sending some men back up to the moon. God says, I've been to the moon and back. I've been everywhere. I created that moon. I threw that out there. I mean, I haven't heard anybody wanting to go to the sun. And here's pretty warm there, amen. But nobody wanting to go to the sun, yet God created the sun, threw it out there in the sky, and it's been burning ever since. It's doing just fine. Scientists say, well, we think it's going to burn out. I don't think it's going to burn out as long as God's on, on the throne, amen. And because that burns out, they tell us that we'll freeze to death, and I believe God will take care of us. And guess what? We're going to another world anyhow one of these days. He's all-powerful. People say, what are you going to do? Well, I think we're just going to trust God. But the, the devil came to the Lord one day and said, you know what? I can give you power. <laughs> can you imagine? The devil saying, God, I, the Lord Jesus Christ, I will give you power. Jesus was God in the flesh, wasn't he? And the devil says, I'll give you power. Listen to what it said there in the book of Matthew. Again, the devil taketh him up into the exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them and saith unto him, all these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. He said, Jesus, if you'll fall down and worship me, I will give you all this power. <laughs> Lord said, I created everything. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You know what God's saying? Listen, th- listen, I know everything, and I have all power. Can you imagine how foolish Satan was to even tempt the Lord? But Jesus was God. And nothing would change that. He was all-powerful. He was all-powerful. So we've talked about how that God sees all, God knows all, and God is all-powerful. My question tonight is this then. Why wouldn't we let God guide our lives? Young folks, you've got a life ahead of you. Let God guide your life. So I'm going to do whatever I want to. It's my body. You're foolish. Let God guide your life. You know, we've got some real young ones in here tonight, and I mean, it probably doesn't make a whole lot of sense to them, but I could, they could start right now saying, you know, I know God sees everything. That'll help every little kid in this room here to behave a little bit better. 
And God knows everything, and God's all-powerful, what that will help us. Not, all, not only little ones, but teenagers. You know, in your teenage years, all you young folks, listen to this. In your teenage years, you make a lot of decisions. You say, well, I'm a teenager, I know everything. Yeah, yeah, you know everything. You ought to know this, I'm stupid. <laughs> That's what teenagers ought to do, go to the mirror and look in the mirror and say, I'm stupid. He said, well, I don't know what to do. I've never been a teenager. But you know what? Every one of us got to teenage years that we were never teenagers before. But here what makes the difference when we realize that God will guide our lives. How many young ladies have got their lives in all kinds of problems and, and messed up their life and became, became, uh, became something they, they, they dreaded to think of one day and now their life's a mess and they, they wonder why such a thing because they didn't let God guide their lives. A lot of young men, same thing. Their lives are destroyed. How many young fellows decided, you know, well, I'll try some pills. You hear about all the fentanyl deaths. And I really feel bad for folks that lose their kids over fentanyl and, and taking those pills. But I'm saying this, what in the world are they thinking about buying some pills off somebody and taking pills to get high? You know why the kids are doing that? Their own destiny. I'll do what I want. I'll just buy these pills. It'll make me stay awake, help me get ready for a test, or it'll get me high, make me feel good. You know what? They're stupid. I feel bad. Moms and dads find their kids dead, and it's happening all over America today. The Chinese, I think, are jumping up and down about it. But it wouldn't be such a problem, and there wouldn't be the want of it all if we just realized God sees everything, God knows everything, God is all-powerful, and let God guide our lives. Our young people could come pure to the, to the altar someday together. Let God guide their lives. They end up having the family that God's pleased with and God will honor and bless them in a mighty way and they'll raise their kids for the Lord too. We realize God has all power and sees everything and knows everything. You see, it's not about how much money you make. You know, sometimes we like to brag about you know, family. A lot of times grandparents, we like to say, hey, I'm a grandchild, they make all kinds of money, so what? Now, I'm glad they make money. I'm like, you know, please, you know, Seth, make money because I don't want Lisa back. And I don't want to feed that one. This one we got pretty much taken care of, but this one here is still around for a while. <coughs> God has not made a girl dumb enough yet for him, so. But the thing, the thing is, <coughs> it's not how much money they make. It's about finding and doing God's will. You say, well, that's kind of scary, not when you have a God that knows everything. You have a God that sees everything, and a God that is all-powerful. He's going to guide us the right way, won't he? He sure will. How could we not seek his direction? How could we not seek his direction? But many try to think, many, many go this direction. They think they know more than God. <laughs> you know what? We may think we're pretty smart, but we're not. God knows everything. We may think we're pretty powerful, but we're not. God's all powerful. We can think, well, I see what's going on. Yeah, you can't see. But he sees everything. Let's let him guide our lives. From the youngest to the oldest. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for the time this evening. Thank you for the word of God. What a simple truth, but a truth that we need to be a part of our life. I think of our young people, that's the burden that I have tonight with our young people 
to realize they need you to guide their lives. Lord, we got parents, good parents, moms and dads in this room here tonight. Lord, they also need to know that God, they've got to have you guide their lives. And they need to be praying for God to guide their children's lives. I know we have the hopes and the dreams for our children. Lord, I pray that tonight the hopes and dreams for our children would be this, that God, you would guide them. That you would guide their lives. The best life is a life that's guided by the Lord. Help us to do that. Help us to learn these things tonight. Our heads bowed, our eyes closed. Maybe maybe God spoke to your heart this evening. In a moment, we'll have an invitation. I think every one of us ought to get to, you say, preacher, I'm a senior citizen. Let God guide you in the senior years. I don't know what happened in the past. You may have really just not let God guide you in the past. I don't know. I think you let God guide you enough to come to church here. Thank the Lord. I don't know what it's been in the past, but I know this. Even in our senior years, we need God to guide us. We need God to guide us in our middle age years. We need God to guide us in our young adult years and in our teenage years and little children's years. God, guide us. That's what we need to pray tonight. God, guide me. In a moment, we'll have an invitation. If you're not sure you're saved, you come and let us know. We'll show you in the Bible how to be saved. Christian, tonight, let's make a point to say, God, guide me. May, May God guide the steps that we take. I'll guarantee you this. You'll be glad that you did. Father, thank you for all you've done here this evening. Speak to us yet in this invitation time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.